This Valentine's Day, Instacart's making it easier to go all out for your special someones. From ordering candy and card supplies for your kiddos' classmates, yep, all 27 of them, to getting ingredients for a romantic dinner made by you. Whoops, smoke means done, right? Or treating Fluffy with a new chew toy. Oof, that won't last long. Download the app to get delivery in as fast as 30 minutes and free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Unguarded the new monthly version of the Midlife Mail podcast where we'll let our guard down and talk about the real topics that men deal with in middle age along with current events, self-improvement, culture, sports, books and articles, and generally anything we find interesting. I am your host, Greg Scheinman, founder of Midlife Mail, a podcaster, a newsletter writer, an author, a coach, a speaker, a husband, and a father. And joining me each month will be my co-host, Naren Ariel the CEO of Amplify Publishing Group, a prolific entrepreneur, writer, speaker, husband, and father as well. He's also been one of my closest friends, advisors, and accountability partners for over 20 years. Some of this is dead serious stuff. Some of it will make you laugh, but my promise is it will always be entertaining. So sit back, give it a listen, and enjoy Unguarded with Greg and Naren. What's up, my man? Hey, Greg, we've been talking about doing this for some time. Happy to finally make it happen. Let's define some time a little bit. Let's let, I was thinking, I wrote this down. I was thinking about this going and We've been talking about doing something like this for 20 plus years, which is somewhat of the equivalent of, of two marriages for you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> two Still mar- miraculously yeah. one for me, four kids, two of two in college. You and I, right? That's right. Two not there yet. That's right. No, 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 no. Uh, three, no, two, no, one graduated, two in college, and one not there yet. There we, okay. Three businesses, at least for me. You- You've had more than three. Come on, let's get it straight. <laughs> I've had more than three ideas. You can <laughs> call more than three of them businesses. Many more than three did not make it. And and throughout that, you've turned one, which we'll get into, the same business into an absolute powerhouse. And we get into that kind of evolution. And here we are now at 50, kind of finally following our own advice that today's the day you you start. That's right. And and that's literally how this fucking happened, which was like two days ago. We're like, we should finally do this. Um, I'll send you an invite and let's just do it on Saturday. That's right. Hey, uh, I'll remind you, we started writing a book together about 15 years ago, which we never finished. Yes. Well, did we have a name for that? <laughs> I'm, I'm too embarrassed to reveal it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've also, on top of all the business ideas, I had like seven book ideas and you're just like, no, no, no. Okay, finally, we'll do a book last year. Okay. That's right. And and we get it and we get it done. Um so so this is what this is, man. Like it's these conversations where we get this opportunity to to let our guard down and and hopefully we can do 
on this show, exactly what we do when we talk each week in our cars, driving around town or wherever we are to, to kind of get these check-ins to, to, to shoot the shit, to uh, just kind of expand on what's going on in each other's lives and give you guys kind of a fly on the wall. Yeah. A fly on the wall kind of a, kind of opportunity to listen in on on some of on some of that and then also encourage you to have your own and maybe even send questions in because we can get into all the stuff that guys do not really want to talk about do not want to raise their hands you know and say publicly do not want to comment on the walls you know for other guys to see but those you know it too those dms come in those text messages come in those stories that we hear about and it's like that's the important shit that is the important shit. And uh, you and I have been talking for, you know, it's 20 years now, right? And so um, we've been through some good times uh, individually and, and separately, of course, uh, some bad times, some really funny things have happened. And uh, throughout it all, we've just had this dialogue going and I've really appreciated it. It's it's meant a lot to me and my sanity and my uh, evolution as a man. And so here we go. Let's share it. Good. Well, the first thing we're going to do is, I don't know if you guys can see this, you may see this, Naren's zippered all the way up to the top with this, <laughs> this thing, whatever he, we can, we, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. Like we may want to loosen that up just, just a little. Okay. I think the black is slimming, but I'm not so sure. Okay. There we go. You know, that, this, this collar just messes up though, when I don't have it zipped up and I, you know, yes, it's August in DC, but the AC's cranking a little chilly. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> We don't have that problem in Houston, Texas. It, it, it was 113 when I got in my truck this morning, is what it said on on the dash. So there will be no zippering to the top of anything <laughs> <laughs> while while we're here. Oh, and, we gonna, we're going to do it this way, are we, Greg? Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I had like seven things to talk about, and then I figured, you know, we can just bash you for the first 20 or 30 minutes, and then get to the other, you know, get to the other six later. You know, we okay. can do that. Okay, let's go. <laughs> but I do actually want to start um, by giving you a little bit of credit uh, because you knocked out your first 14er last weekend. And before anybody goes jumping to conclusions about what I mean by that. <laughs> All right. What What is a 14er for the, for the uninitiated? Sure. It's a 14,000 foot peak. And I did knock out my... Well, knockout is is kind of a, a loose use of the term knockout. Um, I did make it to the top of a 14,000-foot peak in Colorado last weekend, um, seven days ago, and I'm just now recovered fully. <laughs> I'm glad we decided to push this a week and do it on a Saturday so we can get fully recovered, Darren, for this. Now, what made you do that? So our mutual friends, Sterling Hawkins, um, He's always climbing. He's, he lives in Colorado. He's always climbing these peaks and he makes it look so easy. Right. And so I was going to be in Colorado for a business meeting and I, and I called up Sterling and I said, Hey man, um, I always see you doing this. Is this something I can do? He's like, Oh yeah, you can do it. And so I made the, <laughs> I made the poor decision of actually believing Sterling. And so he organized this thing. He called up a couple of his buddies. I was out in Denver. Um, I called up a couple of folks that I, I know pretty well and the six of us went to this place, Quandry Peak, just near Breckenridge. And here we go. Um, we started climbing. 
and take me through it. Okay. Because, and I, and I mean this respectfully, like you didn't train for this. Okay. Yeah. You're not like, Hey, here I am the picture of 14 or health and wellness. Like I've been out doing this and there's altitude yeah, and everything and everything there. So walk, walk me through how this went, who was on this trip? What, what did you pack? Where did you screw up? Like, what was yeah. the experience? Okay. All right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm in reasonable shape. I do a lot of walking, you know, as you've seen, Greg, sometimes I'll walk with a vest, a 25 pound vest on, and you make, you make fun of me when I show you pictures of that. And so, you know, I, I, I'm in reasonable shape. So it's not like I just left the sofa and started climbing. Not, not the case, but what I quickly learned is, um, there's a minimum fitness level required of anyone trying to attempt a 14er and you, Greg, are looking at the minimum fitness level of anyone required <laughs> to climb a 14er. Um, so there's six of us. And these guys are all from Colorado. And they're in great shape. They do this stuff all the time. And we get about halfway up. And it's clear that I'm I'm, I'm, I'm holding back the pack. And, and so these guys are amazing, right? Um, great guys, a lot of camaraderie, a lot of giving each other shit. And then it's clear that I'm just holding everybody back. So, so we make the make the tough decision that four of them are going to go ahead. And it's me and my buddy Des, who's also in great shape. Um, we decided we're just going to take the slower route up. And, and so what's happened is these guys are giving me oxygen, giving me food, giving me water. Uh, they carried my backpack, man. And so um, I'm so grateful. And so these four guys go up, me and Des are left behind and we come up with a plan and I just can't catch my breath, man. I'm coming from sea level, right? So we come up with a plan. We're going to walk or climb for a minute and then we're going to rest a minute and a half. And so me and Des did that for about two hours. And so finally we made it to the top and I couldn't have done it without my man, Des Haig. Um, and so, you know, that's how I was able to get to the top with a lot of help from my friends. That that's awesome. Um, that you did that. That's awesome that they did that. I think it's a testament to pacing, you know, also in there and what it takes to just finish something. So that's, that's freaking awesome, man. Now the next question is, are you going to do another one? I'm hooked. I'm going to do one more. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that says I'm going to do all 50 in Colorado, but I would like to do a few more. Um, and you know, again, I, I should tell you one thing I wanted to mention is, uh, I got out to Colorado on Wednesday and I had dinner with a guy, Stephen Dietrich. Um, we're working with him on a book project, super nice guy. He's a partner at a big law firm. And I said, Hey, Stephen, why don't you come with us? And so just instinctively, like you probably do, or I probably do. He said, nah, I don't think so. Um, I got a, I got a, I got a busy schedule on Friday. He took out his phone, um, into the dinner. And he's like, you know what? I only got two, two things happening. And I was like, are you sure you can't move him? He's like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And he made it up to the top and it just turned out that it was his birthday as well. So because he decided to do this, because he decided to put aside his uh, other obligations, he made it to the top. And at the top, there's a great video of everyone that's on top singing happy birthday to him because it was also his birthday. So is he ever going to forget this birthday? I don't think so. And so, you know, it, it really inspired me to to do things that I would otherwise just normally say no to. Um, but he did it. And it was a beautiful thing. It's a great point. Um, one, you know, I always feel like people within the health and wellness community are incredibly supportive. I think there's a lot of fear 
uh, from from guys in particular of either looking stupid or not being able to, you know, thinking they're not going to make it to the top, or there are all the reasons again why why we can't and and we shouldn't. And I think to that effect, it really should be the opposite. It should be, hey, like just get outside your comfort zone, or like Sterling says, hunt that discomfort out there. And you know, it is not about the pace that you go or winning, it is about, you know, just finishing, you know, there, whether you're doing this at a six minute mile pace, a nine minute mile pace, a 30 minute mile pace, you know, running, hiking, climbing, you know, can you start, can you actually finish? And, you know, with your buddy, I, I think that's awesome. You know, the, the experience over things, as you said, making those memories, doing something that you didn't think that you could, I think it puts us in this area of, you know, we all have competing priorities. And, and how do we juggle those competing priorities and how do we make decisions and ultimately try to make the right choices, you know, more, more often than not. I mean, we can run through this whole list and it's like, yeah, there's always a reason not to do it. There's always another priority. There's only, but when you really like break it down, it's like, what, what do we want to do and what don't we want to do? That's right. And, you know, I felt bad that I was holding back the, the group and afterwards the messages I got from the other five guys um, just like, you know, congratulatory, like, you know, they were telling me how I came up clutch. Um, the Des calls me a beast, uh, the grit and determination, they were in awe. And I was like, oh, I barely made it. But then I was thinking, you know, they showed me a lot of respect, uh, just because I was able to make it when in fact I was the least qualified to make it. And so it was just a great experience, man. It's something I'm going to take with me forever. And, uh, yes, I'm going to do one more. You know, the impact there, though, that also is cool is that, look, most qualified or least qualified, the impact is even more significant for somebody who starts before they're ready, you know, and gets out there and does it. It's really not a big accomplishment, to be perfectly honest with you, the guy that does it all the time that goes out and just does it again. You know, what's really cool is bringing other people along on the journey, their first time when they're not ready and watching what it is that they can accomplish. Um, I'm going to do it again. You know, we talked about last year I did this 29029 in yeah. Utah, which is, you know, you climb the equivalent of Mount Everest. And to your point, they give you 36 hours to do it. You climb up the mountain, gondola down, and you repeat it, you know, as many times as it takes. And, and to your point, you know, the event itself, and I'm going to do it this year in, in Whistler, um, it's not a race. It's not a competition. You know, it's simply a challenge of, of you in the mountain. You don't get anything different for finishing early than you do for finishing, you know, at 35 hours and 59 minutes. You know what I mean? It's so it's all about again, hey, can you can you push yourself? Can you finish? Can you pace? Can you approach it with hopefully, you know, some some intelligence, you know, there too, not get caught up in the I've got to win this or burn out, but rather. You know, what does success look like? Like we talk about all the time. It just looks like finishing, you know, starting and finishing. That's right. And, and so, hey, I've been to Whistler. Um, that is not a 14,000 foot peak. So um, am I right in saying that I've done something athletically that you have not? <laughs> so what you have done is different. Um, you went up 14,000 feet. What we have to do at this event is, I don't know exactly how tall the mountain is in Whistler, but what you do is you're climb, climbing the equivalent. So my understanding is at this particular mountain, it's about three miles up. So I don't know what that equates to. I think maybe it's 9,000 or something like that, or, or 
I don't know, because it's Canada. But point is, you go down in, on the gondola and then you hike it over again. I think we got to do it like 15 times to get to the equivalent of the Everest elevation. Math has never been your strong suit. So three miles times 5280 would be more like almost a 16,000 foot uh, mountain. So that's not, that's not, I quite don't know, go to the website and look it up. I mean, they've got it down to a science. The part that I like is I just have to show up, <laughs> grab the poles and they go, go up. Okay, great. I can go up and I can go down. And then as soon as I come down, they stamp, you know, you stamp this thing yeah. on the wall and they go, go up again. And at some point somebody says you're done, you know, after you've got enough stamps. So you're right. I don't have to do any math whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> Sounds amazing. And when is that coming up? We leave September 21st for this one. Kate's going to come with me. She's nice. not going to do it. She okay. just wants to go to Whistler. I don't blame her. Yes. Which raises a whole nother thing that now I have to pay the extra supplemental charge to have her stay in the room with me versus having a roommate and everything else. So yeah, that's a whole nother topic. That's right. Awesome, man. Good luck. But she's coming. We will be at the Fairmont. I think you told us what floor we need to stay on to get all the extra perks in there. So while I will be hiking, she will be enjoying. The only the only ask I had was, hey, can you maybe just be there at the finish line? <laughs> like around hour 30 something, I'll shoot you a text. If you could be there, that would be nice. It depends if she's got a spa appointment at that time or not. So uh, priority, yeah. priorities. If that's the only available time, we know what decision is being made. Yes. I will come off the mountain and meet her at the spa. <laughs> <laughs> but we did start doing yoga together on Saturdays. So that's why I'm still a little sweaty right now. We just finished Saturday morning yoga. Very nice. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's really it one hard. of those uh, in in, uh, in a heated room. So not necessarily. This is indoor outdoor. So it's super hot anyway because of Houston, and I lose a ton of of water weight. I sweat like crazy. But Kate wanted to start doing yoga on Saturday mornings. Traditionally, we don't work out together, mm -hmm. and and. She wanted to start taking yoga together. We did like a month or so ago at this morning event. And now she said, okay, let's do this together. So I'm taking one for the team right now and, and moves my pool workouts from Saturday morning to another day so that we can do couples yoga on Saturday morning. I'm guessing she's probably a little bit better. If I know it's not better or worse, but she's probably more um, skilled at yoga. How about that? She's certainly better to look at. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody needs to see me doing yoga, sweating like from top profusely. So I just sit in the back overall. But it's weird to have your wife in yoga. Like for me, like I think it's a little strange. Like now that we have yoga and we're doing yoga together, because traditionally in the past, like I've gone to yoga, stayed sat in the back, and the, I try to go to yoga classes that just have really good looking women to look at. <laughs> And now, like, it's, I'm taking a little bit of a different perspective, you know, in my yoga practice that we're going to do this together on Saturday mornings. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, keep us up to date on that. We'll, we'll see how, how long it lasted. Um, <laughs> hey, you had something you wanted to bring up here. Okay. And we can, in, in the world of breaking news. Oh, and, oh. oh, are we talking about Tom Brady? 
We can talk about Tom Brady. Yeah, you and I were talking about uh, Dave Dave Portnoy and his comments about Tom Brady. Why don't you set it up for us and I'll jump in. So I don't know who saw that, if you had read about this, but apparently like Tom Brady went to the white party, like Michael Rubin's white party um, in the Hamptons. He's the guy that owns Fanatics, like the billionaire out there. Yeah, I know. I had an invite. But I couldn't make <laughs> you didn't have enough. <laughs> another opportunity to wear your white Don Johnson jacket that just passed you by <laughs> <laughs> or my black pull up. Apparently, wasn't I'm there. shocked. Yes. Awesome. But <laughs> there was this article that came out right after that, like Kim Kardashian and was and Tom Brady were flirting and going after and Portnoy, who I really like. And I guess like, I don't know, it's hard to, maybe I shouldn't admit it out loud, but I really like Portnoy. And I think he's a Michigan guy too. Do you know? I don't know for a fact, but uh, yeah, I'm with I you. I think he's a Michigan guy. Brady's a Michigan guy. I'm I'm a Michigan guy. Maybe that's the thing. Um, Go blue on there. But he came out swinging. You and Brady have a lot in common. You know, the Michigan thing. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but he came out swinging about how Tom can't possibly do this. It's beneath, you know, it's beneath him to go out with a Kardashian. He can't. And if you wanted to sleep with it, just take it to a motel. I'm not going to tell your friend. It was, I thought it was a brilliant take on there. And I thought it was accurate. I'm curious about your opinion because now he also seems to be dating this other model who yeah. I do really like. Uh, arena something or other shyak or, or whatever but i'm following the story and I'm, I'm i'm liking portnoy's take i'm liking where this whole thing is at and i and i think he is the quintessential midlife male so unlike you and brady me and tom actually have a lot in common so uh you didn't know this did you <laughs> i'm sure i'm gonna learn it now all right so we're both handsome successful men that found themselves single in their 40s right and so um, I've got some advice, uh, having been there, right? And and my big piece of advice for Tom, Tom, if you're listening, is this is a time to have some fun. Of course, take care of your of your kids, right? Of course, but have some fun. Get out there and meet people, date people that you know you you may not be right for in the in the in the long term, right? And so I don't think I agree with Dave. I don't think Kim Kardashian is right for Tom Brady, but I also don't think Tom Brady is right for Kim Kardashian, right? Let's get real here. Um, and so, you know, you're not committing to anything. Um, and when you're ready in two, three, five, 35 years to actually settle down, because he's Tom Brady, right? Um, listen to what Dave Portnoy says and, and get involved with somebody that uh, he would approve of. So I think this is a no harm, no foul situation. Good for Tom. He's Tom. I think he should do whatever he wants. And from my perspective, you know, as, as a guy who has been married going on 24 years, this, this notion of living vicariously through anybody else, <laughs> it's a, especially with what somebody like Tom should have on the table out there, this, down, this sounds wonderful overall. <laughs> yeah, these are uh, Tom Brady problems, right? And um, I don't think there's a bad decision here for Tom. Um, but you know, the, the, the worry for Tom is that he gets a little too involved with somebody that he may not be so compatible with in the long term, And we all know that's happened to, to men and women for that matter. Absolutely. Hey guys, Greg here. I am proud to partner with Hone Health. 
They are my provider for TRT. I believe in the team, the service, the product, and the mission. I am an open book. Feel free to email me, greg at midlifemail.com. You can ask me questions, and I am happy to get back to you and answer. This was a careful and personal decision that I made along with my primary care physician and my family. I believe in what Hone is doing every day, what they've done for me, and what they can do for other midlife males to help them live better, stronger, healthier, and happier lives. So if this is something that you are thinking about, I encourage you to learn more about Hone Health. Go over to honehealth.com forward slash midlife male. You can order your at-home test and consultation and save $15. So... As we're doing this right now, I'm just I gotta I gotta turn my attention quickly to a text I just got from my son. You know, Harper's like a, is a designer. Yes. Right? Yep. So he's mocking up the midwife male T-shirts right now, and Ooh. he just sent me a proof. He's at the printer because he couldn't wait an hour until this was over to for us to go do it together. So, right on the heels of that conversation, I. He, Good Are we going to get a screen share and we can we can uh, critique um, Harper's uh, designs? Yeah, it's not. It's actually it's your design. It's the logo you guys oh. did for the book. So nice. there's no critique. You're going to tell me it's amazing. Then you put I'm be like, wow, that's pro level. Because what forty something year old guy doesn't want to walk around with the phrase midlife male across the middle of his chest, right? <laughs> so we're doing these shirts right now, and I just got to tell him that I like it particularly the logo because you did it and his positioning on it is is excellent but since he's on the midlife male payroll now as our creative director oh yes you paying him actually paying him uh, for this actually have him on the company payroll which apparently you can do according okay. to my said you know okay. right there and um yeah, we can take his earnings and we can throw it into his new custodial IRA that we just set up. Very nice. Okay. So is it 50? Maybe I know I've learned a few things about it took me 50 years to have any freaking clue about financial responsibility and how to set anybody else up for success or do anything. Nobody, nobody taught me any of this stuff. Now I, I just got to tell him, okay, goodbye. I'm on, I'm on a podcast right now. Okay. Goodbye. I'm on a podcast. <laughs> And this is and this is how it works right now. All That's right, awesome. send done. I'll send you the mock-up uh, so you can see what that looks like. The opposite of Tom Brady and Midwife Mail, Brian Johnson. We were gonna go here, right? We were. And so you probably should do a little setup for those that don't know who Brian Johnson is and and why he's um, you know, a topic on this podcast. So next week you're going to be the setup guy because yeah, whatever fine. it is next yeah, week. Fine. So I don't have to tee all these things up, right? <laughs> did, you're the pro. Wait, did someone not come prepared this morning? No, no, no I'm prepared. You're the pro. This is your show. I'm a guest. Okay. This is our this is our thing. We okay. took 50 photos in the backyard. Okay, of the two of us together. Maybe one of them will work for a show graphic. We'll see. But it's, but it's ours. You guys can vote on it. We'll put three or four of them up there. So Brian Johnson's apparently this tech guy, like a tech mogul. I may fumble this a little bit. Tons of money That's sold. Right. So, sold so, far you're right. yeah. so far, you're good. And he's in his 40s, whatever 
age upper four, middle forties, whatever. But apparently he's throwing like 2 million bucks a year at trying to reverse his aging and, and live like he's 18 again. Yeah. I mean, and this guy's taking like 111 pills a day. I mean, he's counting his nightly erections. He's harvesting his son's blood and spinning it back into, into his body. And, and he clearly is also paying some publicists (laughs) a significant portion of the 2 million because the guy's everywhere right now. Yeah. And everyone's talking about it. And so the question is, is, so the question is, is he a midlife male? Not by my definition. Yeah. Not by mine either. Right. I mean, uh, a midlife male and you're the expert um, is somebody that's got uh, a lot of responsibilities in a lot of arenas and probably doesn't have two million bucks a year to throw at their uh, their their health and longevity. So, no, he's not a midlife male. And let's say you do. Let's just put the money on the shelf. It just doesn't sound like any fun to me. Yeah. It doesn't sound like any fun to me to count every calorie, every macro, take 111 pills a day, you know, be hooked up to machines all the time. Train it just the guy is so busy. I think he said this, um, so busy working on not dying that he's like literally forgot to live. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that uh, this is, uh, you know, something that we can all emulate. And I don't think that, you know, this is some somebody that we should follow in their footsteps. I don't see it. I don't, I don't listen to each his or her own, you know, listen, if it makes you happy, Brian or anybody else out there, uh, and there is a tremendous amount of money and resources being thrown at anti-aging right now, which is also not a term I love. I'm pro-aging. I think you can do it gracefully. I think you can do it aggressively, but I think I think there's a line, you know, that's there. Uh, not everyone wants to live to 100, you know, or beyond. Yeah. But I do think there's something, you know, important and something that is valuable in prioritizing health, prioritizing wellness, sustainability, longevity. But we all got to figure out kind of what our, you know, there's a lot of white space in the middle between doing nothing and being unhealthy. And and being super jacked or super obsessive, compulsive, and and living in such a way that it is just ultimately restrictive, I think, from from just living healthier, genuinely wealthier, you know, having more fun, all of those things that that I don't know, I just see is more important. So I've had a little bug up my ass every time this guy keeps getting more and more press. Uh, and going out there, and that it seems to me like, I don't know, not not something I want to emulate either. And that so, I think should be put out there as the standard, you know, of or yeah. or something that we should be glorifying or looking to do. And as I said earlier, when we were talking about my fourteener, <laughs> um, I I represent the bare minimum fitness level required to do that. Um, but I've but I've also got some areas of measurable improvement ahead of me, right? And so this guy, he's like already at the ninety nine point five percentile in all the metrics that he uses, which is astonishing. Um, but I've got room for improvement, and so uh, you know that's one difference between Brian and myself. Well, I think one of the areas, though, also that people can improve in is sometimes they're over-indexing. You know? mm-hmm. and I think in this case, it's an over-index, and maybe there could be a course correction that more is not always better. 
Yeah. You know, less is more, better is better. You know, general health, wellness, happiness, kind of what the holistic view of, of that looks like, what we talk about all the time. Like, to me, that sounds a lot healthier. It sounds a lot more humane. It sounds a lot more fun in there. Again, a lot of white space between being unhealthy and not being able to complete the 14er and, or anything else, and being completely, you know, obsessive, compulsive, restrictive, you know, your entire life is run by what these data points suggest or tell you to do. And then that's the only thing, you know, that you do. And for me, I don't want to get hit by a bus next week and say that I haven't had a cheeseburger in, you know, two years because I'm too busy counting calories and macros or worrying about abs. Yeah. doesn't sound like a great life or midlife to me. Yeah, one of the things I admire about you, Greg, one of the few things is that every once in a while, I'll notice you'll have a, a cookie or go out and have ice cream with your family or you're eating pizza. I mean, that's part of living, man, particularly with family and enjoying those times with the kids, right, who may not be on such a strict diet. Um, so there's something to that. Look, I try to do it. I mean, my feeling on all of it is, look, I think you can be the very best you're genetically predispositioned to be. And then from there, like, okay, you know, we could all, if we gave 10 guys the same diet, if you will, and we give 10 guys the same workout program and all this, everyone's going to look different. Everyone's going to respond differently. You know, be the best version of what you actually really are. And the rest of it will, will kind of take care of itself. I think where it gets challenging or where it gets problematic is in kind of the comparison you know, the keeping up or the imposter syndrome, or, you know, we all tend to want what we don't have, where we should be focused a little bit more on making the most of what it is that we, that we do have. Well said. A lot of things I could do with $2 million. I can promise you aren't what, (laughs) you know, not what Brian is doing, but Hey, there, there, there we go. Opposite. We just had some awkward dead dead airspace there. Let's go. What's next? Well, I'm scrolling. I'm looking. You wrote (laughs) down a bunch of stuff. Okay. And and here. And now I'm like, which way, which way do we want to go? Do we want to go to my truck smelling like weed the other day? Or do we want to go to uh to business, you know, and 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 partnerships and where we at? All right, let's go, let's go uh business and then get back to the weed. (laughs) Okay. We both okay, business. All right. Yeah. So, so I know. Um, congratulations, by the way, are in order. Um, you have recently taken on a partner uh, in Midlife Mail, and um, you know, I know from personal experience how difficult that decision can be. Um, you've grown this business, this brand, uh, into something that is, um, you know, growing and prosperous, and then you just reach a point where. You know, you you have to make a decision. Am I going to do this on my own, or gonna am I going to bring in some help, um, both financial resources and network and peers uh, to help me really expand it faster than I would have otherwise? And you've chosen to bring in a partner. So let's talk about exactly what it went into your decision, and then I can talk about um, how it's worked out for me because I did something similar. Yeah. This is a hard one. I mean, it really is. We can go back and forth on this. You know, first and foremost, the definition again of like, hey, you've started something or it's turned into something prosperous or all these things, you know, peeling back the layers on that, this is still very much at the starting line. You know, a couple of years into this notion of 
midlife male and what that really means. And can this be a business or should this be a business? And again, what is that metric of, of success? And for the last you know, two years, it's been very much, you know, a testing and retesting process. You know, hey, am I enjoying doing this podcast? Am I enjoying writing this newsletter? What's the feedback we're getting on it? Um, oh, a podcast and a newsletter, when you can combine them, that can become a book. Thank you, by the way, for that idea. You know, I wouldn't write, have written a book or gotten a book out unless you were saying, hey, there's already a book here. And I'm like, is there? I don't know how to do a book. And you're like, I know how to do a book. So why don't we put these two things together? And then it becomes, oh, you have a book that's out. Well, maybe you should speak. And what does that look like to get on a stage and experiment and write a keynote from there? And do you have something valuable to say? And all these things come with pros with, with pros and cons. And guys reach out and you go, maybe I should coach guys because it seems like everybody and their mother is a coach these days. And half of them, I don't think have any experience in real life to be coaching anybody to anything. They're just actually marketers and salespeople. We can go down that rabbit hole a whole nother time. And, and then a coaching kind of program, you know, came out of it. And you start listing all these things and you start doing them. And you go, wait a minute, like, okay, is there now there's a podcast on Monday and there's 10 guys to coach Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and there's a newsletter on Friday that I write. Now this is a real business. And, and do I like that schedule? And you go, okay, well, is that enough? Or what if the mission became bigger? What if it was, there's 53 million middle-aged men in this country. What if we could help more of them? What does that platform look like? Or, oh, that's cool to speak on a stage, but you know what it also means? It means you got to get on a plane. Mm -hmm. It means you got to prepare. It means you got to get on a plane. It means you got to get used to living out of a bag. And I don't know if I like living out of a bag and it messes up my routine. So I just wanted to touch on like the stuff that, that, that goes into all of these decisions. And then when it came time to thinking about raising money, like, do I self-fund this thing? Is that a responsible move at 50 with two kids, college tuitions, you know, like all the stuff that goes into this? Is that shortening our runway, taking too big of a risk, or do we raise money yeah. for this? And what does that look like to take on partners? And I've traditionally not had a really good, <laughs> good track record of of take of working with other people and partners, mm -hmm. you know. There, so you're the constant in those uh, business ventures where you had partners, right? Yes. So my own coach and my own therapist. This is a lot of. This is where I actually dive to spend my money. You know, like, <laughs> like there's so much self help out there, right? Because there's so many people like me who need it. I think. So maybe maybe your previous partners weren't the problem. Is that what we're understanding here? That is absolutely, you know, what we're what we're understanding um, or learning, or maybe neither one was wrong, except the decision making process and the thesis between what kinds of people we surround ourselves and partner with. You know, there's a lot that goes into that goes into that as well. Um, so yeah, I, I'll I'll summarize with this. First thing I did was I spent ten thousand dollars to go build a deck okay. to raise money gotcha. because I don't know how to build a deck. You know, and do this. So I got well, turned on to this guy. Successful. That that proved to be a good investment in two ways. Okay. Um, so one, I spent the money to go build this deck to go raise money because a bunch of people had asked me where this was going and that they wanted to get involved and and so on and so forth. So okay, let me see what that looks like. Let me build the deck out, and then I went and sat down and talked with a bunch of people who had expressed interest. Yep. And and the good news is that went well. They wanted to be a part of it. 
yeah. you know, the, the other side of the sword, and you know this well, um, is that means now, wait a minute, you have to answer to other people. That's and then right. the questions started coming in. Well, what if we did this? Or what did this look like? Or how did you get to this valuation? Or what if, you know, or my wife said, you know, it would be cool if you did this. And I didn't love the way that looked. Perfect your morning routine with AG1 by Athletic Greens. That is how I start my day each and every day. Now, I get asked about my morning routine all the time, and it does change from time to time, but AG1 has been the constant since 2010 for me. Every morning, 20 ounces of water, one scoop of AG1 to start my day on a positive note. It has replaced an entire cabinet of supplements for me. And this latest iteration, that's the thing I love about AG1 is they keep making the product better. This latest iteration covers a multivitamin, multimineral, prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, greens, and more. So I feel healthy and strong throughout the days, months, and years. When I'm traveling, I never leave home without their travel packs. And now, Athletic Greens is offering midlife male listeners and subscribers an exclusive deal. You get a free one-year supply of liquid vitamin D plus five travel packs with your subscription purchase. So log on, take advantage of it, and enjoy Athletic Greens AG1 every single day. Uh, so let me just interrupt you for one second. So one of the things that I admire about you uh, with respect to Midlife Mail is you've been consistent and you talk about consistency in a lot of arenas, but incredibly consistent with slowly, methodically building up this brand. Um, newsletters every week. I mean, we get them in our inbox, but I know the work that goes into them, first thinking and then writing and then, you know, uh, distributing, Right. Uh, the podcast. How many podcasts have you done now today? I mean, shit, it's like 238 or something like that, you know, and the same on, on the news. Says so it's about the same, you know, and this stuff goes from being a tree falling in the woods, literally yep. to, you know, over time, you know, to your point, um, hundreds of thousands of downloads and thousands of people opening it each weekend. Um, but that's, I think what all businesses in a way look like. I don't believe that there are these overnight successes. You just celebrated your 20th anniversary with Amplify and Amplify started with one title for Virginia Tech in the children's book world, you know? Yeah, that's right. If you go back and you look at that title and it was successful at the time, you're probably mortified by what it looks like, sounds like everything else because we all, you know, work evolves and it gets better just the same way that like, oh God, do I I never want to listen to the first episode of the, maybe the first 50 or even the first 50 newsletters. Right. And it was uh, the same doing the book. I mean, I was too close to it, didn't like it, was too far past it. And you were just like, give it all to me. Let's give it all to Miles, you know, the my editor-writer, because you, you need sometimes some other people to like throw some support your way and be like, no, use it. So so with respect to the investment that you took on, um, it is also a a point of validation, right? I mean, you've built something that has value that somebody, obviously you think it has value. Um, I, I know it has value, but uh, for somebody to put money into it um, is the ultimate validation. And now you've put yourself and this business in a position to go get the larger goal, 
Um, is it without risk? No. I mean, does it is it scary to sort of lose control? Yes. Um, does it suck to all of a sudden have to answer to somebody? Um, it ain't great, but as long as you know you're moving forward with the um with the right vision and the right goals of what it could be. I think you made the right decision. I, I can't yeah, wait to I, see look. That. I appreciate it. I think you did too. And, and we'll get into that side of it. You know, uh, in summary, two things happened. One, uh, I turned down smaller investments from larger numbers of people, meaning, you know, 10, 20, whatever guys who wanted to be a part of this at smaller numbers and so on and so forth. Uh, the realization was that that was not something that I wanted to do, not something I wanted to do now. I do think there's going to be a time for a midlife male community and adding to this, and to, but that time is not right now. What yeah. I opted for instead was in turning certain people down politely. The learning how to say no politely is also a, a skill and a muscle that I'm working on strengthening outside of, of, of anything else, because I think it's super, super important. But saying no politely and declining that this is not right for right now, I appreciate it, so on and so forth. But what happened was I had one individual, a, a very close 30-year-long friend um, who's been very successful in business and life, again, a quintessential type midlife male guy who had said to me, well, I get what you're saying, but what if we just did it together? What if I did this? So it's a different type of partnership, a different type of investment. Um, I don't feel like I'm answering to somebody. I feel like I have an actual brother. I feel like I have an actual partner and, and the alignment is there and there are strengths to complement my weaknesses and, and vice versa. So, you know, sometimes it's not a hard yes or a hard no, or it to, let's say, raising or not raising. You know, there's, again, a lot of white space in the middle. And it turned out that it, from the options that were available, this was the one that felt right. And I do think it'll be the catalyst to significant growth in a way, building out the right strategy for the next year or so, and that there will be a time to invite more men in and build our community kind of spiritually, emotionally, financially, physically, all of the things that we're trying to do with Midlife Mail, there will be a time for it. Um, but we got to get a little bit further uh, further down, down the road, crawl, walk, run. And, and even for me, I got to learn how to be a better partner and operate with others um, involved because this has been a solopreneur in the backyard of my house thing, you know, for a while now. Sure. So having gone through this myself recently, um, just always keep sight of why you made this decision. And I think that will serve you well. And in my case, and, and you know this, um, I've been in business 19 years, uh, successful, profitable uh, business growing. Um, but I had this opportunity to uh, take on a private equity uh, venture fund money um, from a friend of ours, a guy named Josh Linkner, who's uh, very connected into the in the world of keynote speakers. And he and I got to know each other through um, working with with clients and you know specific clients and similar types of clients, and uh, he invested in our company, came on as um, chairman of our board, and you know what he brought was the business peer that I was looking for, somebody that I could really talk business with um, at a level, you know, CEO to CEO level. He introduced us to uh, Eric Schoenberg, former Inc. and Fast Company CEO. And then he also introduced uh, me to Mel Robbins, who's um, you know a media powerhouse, and she's also on our board. So uh, yes, uh, a lot more accountability. Um, getting ready for the board meetings um, can be a job in and of itself, 
But um, all in all, it's been a wonderful thing. Uh, the caliber of people that I brought in um, has really elevated the company and has really elevated um, what I think is possible now. So my experience is, based on my experience, I think you're doing the right thing. And, um, you know, let's see where this goes. Yeah. And I th- look, I think you are too. Um, and that's where a lot of these conversations are. You know, it's one thing to be, again, feel validated. And I think we all want that. We want to feel appreciated. We want to feel validated. We've been pushing these proverbial boulders uphill for however many years, weathered a lot of storms. This idea of taking in, taking some of the pressure off, you know, extending the runway, maybe even taking some chips off the table. We're 50 years old. We're not getting any younger. Things are not going to, you know, what is all the window, the window is condensed as well, right? How many years more do you have? At least in my situation, I was like, you know, how many more years do I want to do this? Um, what can I do during those years to uh, make it more likely that I get the outcome that I'm looking for? Yeah. And I think, again, it's not just the financial. It's okay. You know, our bandwidth and everything that we want to do in life. That's and, right. and it's a reframing and constant re redefining of what success really looks like. And our energy levels are different at 50 even. You know, what you were willing to hustle and grind and scrape and do and all these other things in your 20s and your 30s is it it looks and feels different in right. in your 50s. And I do think that you know part of that is going, oh, there's some maturity in that and some experience in this going not alone. You know, like okay, like I don't know how many more of those I have in me, you know, and there is something to this better together, you know, thing. And can I be a little smarter? Can I maybe have a smaller piece of a bigger thing? You know, can I, can I do this? And, and the stuff that again, not without frustration, not without challenge or difficulty. And that's really at the crux of like having these conversations where you go, okay, that's where you need the other support. That's where you need not the validation from the potential investor or the partner or anything else, but that guy or that friend to be like, hey, let's let's take a real objective look at this. Like, do you fucking want this? You know, what does your life really look like two or three years down the road if you did this or you don't do this? Yeah. So uh, give us a sneak peek. Tangibly, what are we going to see from the midlife male moving forward? Yeah. Um, look, I, I think first and foremost, a continued commitment in, uh, to elevate the quality of the product. Yeah. You know, what, what people are really responding well to, what guys are really responding well to, and women too. I mean, ironically, 40% of the inquiries I get are from women. We can dive into that topic you know, at, at some point about wanting their men to be better their husbands, their partners, even their ex-husbands who they are raising children with for the rest of their lives. You know, there's, it's, it's an interesting area. But what we're going to see from Midwife Mail is really, you know, the development of an omni-channel media company, which looks like continued growth on the newsletter side and really more content around the six Fs of family and fitness and finance and food and fashion and fun and other contributors. I really want to do more profiles on prolific midlife males that are out there and really understand how these guys are living and optimizing and and you know the good, the bad, the ugly of what they've learned, you know, in in middle age and how we're seeing this next phase as our best one. So we'll continue to do that on the podcast. I think we'll see more of that in print. But where where this is going is midlifemail.com is a destination, you know, for content that will help men 
on the how side, you know, how to maximize middle age and what that looks like, and really tie in a lot of the brands and the experiences and people that that want to tap in to this untapped and underserved demographic that I think is only getting better, you know, and bigger. There's 53 million of us, you know, in the U.S. alone. So, yeah. you know, that's a lot of what we're going to see. Um, and we've got some really cool stuff. You know, now I can say we, you know, also, which feels different, you know, alone, um, you know, on on the horizon. You know, are we going to add more video, you know, to things um, that are out there because guys seem to really like that. You know, where, where and again, how do guys want their content? Yep. And what's going to land the hardest? Um, you know, more coaching um, and maybe differently. There's a coaching course that's being developed right now. Um, I'd like to align with more retreats and experiences that are out there, you know, rather than maybe even create them. There's some amazing, like, I believe everything you want to do exists. It's out there. You know, can we really aggregate from what's out there, curate it down to the best experiences and things and eliminate the stuff that doesn't really work and send guys, you know, to the right places. You know, guys are looking, I think, for authentic, relatable, credible, and hopefully aspirational information. And, and they just want it from a trustworthy source. So that's really, you know, what Midlife Mail is going to continue to be. Well, um, I've been there uh, following along, uh, being a cheerleader from the very beginning. So, um, you know, I'll say this. I'm very proud of you, Greg. Um, what you built is in incredible, and I see the potential and uh, I'll continue to be your biggest champion. And every uh, month I'll be on one of these podcasts and we'll, we'll take, we'll get an update at that time. Well, listen, you two, I want to flip it. I mean, what does it feel like to you? Because this is how I learn also, you know, part of our conversations are quite frankly, me seeking advice, you know, and inside like, like, Hey, this guy just emailed me last week and he wants, you know, me to do this or this and favors for him. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. Do I charge for that? Like, like when, you know, like I'm always asking for that conversation like, yesterday. I know. Yeah. Well, listen, I document this stuff like, cause I never know what to do or feel like the, what the right, like, Hey, is this a place to lean in and be generous? Or am I giving away things or should I feel resentful about this? Or should I just do it and not expect anything in return? And like, you know, now I see also, I've been watching what you do again, slow, steady wins the race. And it's not like you've moved slowly per se, but you have moved at a rhythm and a cadence, you know, and remained fiercely independent and continued to evolve the level of work that you've done from in all different genres, you know, from, from, you know, children's books to cookbooks to honestly, you know, soccer moms at home that just had money to, to get a book done, you know, to working with like the biggest and best and brightest, like, what does that feel like to you? Yeah. You know, to have these people now like Mel and like Josh, you know, and, and shit, you did Dan Bilzerian's book. <laughs> I did. I, I got to know Dan pretty well in the process too. Um, that, so, by the way, that's an invitation I'm still waiting on. I just want uh, you to know that. <laughs> to go, also, to go uh, hang with Dan. This, this is also a podcast we could uh, talk about for an hour, maybe two, just on him. Um, but, 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 you know, you know, thank you. Uh, 20 years is a long time. Um, but it's, it's, how does it feel? Um, first of all, I am grateful to have had an amazing team throughout that time. Um, but it has been, um, you know, in many ways, being an entrepreneur is like a war, a daily war, right? You walk in and, you know, things go well, things don't go well. 
And so the thing that I is also as entrepreneurs, we don't give ourselves enough credit, but if I had to give myself some credit, it's just the fact that, um, you know, kind of like climbing that mountain that we talked about when we started the show just takes a lot of grit and resilience. And if you have a good day, show up tomorrow uh, again and and put in the work. If you have a bad day, show, show up tomorrow and put in the work. It doesn't matter. You know, one step at a time. And, you know, I think that's what we've done. And you put those steps together and all of a sudden you continue to elevate and elevate. Um, so, but, you know, but thank you for noticing because again, us entrepreneurs don't notice all the successes or don't take our, enough time to pat ourselves on the back and really acknowledge and celebrate those successes. But this year has been full of them and I'm just super optimistic. I've got a great team, both, um, you know, all the employees and also at the, at the board level. Um, we're doing some amazing things and we'll be announcing some some big initiatives here to come. That's awesome. I think one also thing I want to just touch on briefly about the notion of even high level partnerships. You know, you've had them, you're having them now, you know, household names, you know, um, I've had a couple of them, you know, in, in, in my lifetime. Uh, but this notion of high profile partnerships, even that that they're any different in a way than not. Like, like there's two things, you know, one, none of these things happen overnight. You know, there's no, there's no high profile partner, anybody who is sweeping in, you know, right away to validate you. And like, he'll be, this comes over again, years of successes, years of trying, years of failing, all of these other things you get, you stay in the game long enough. You that's know, right. that's it. You stay in the game long enough, you eventually get noticed. You just, you just outlast the competition, <laughs> the bottom line. Yeah. They say it's hard to beat the guy who keeps showing up, you know, in a way. But it's like, even people will say to me, like, oh, how do you get this guy on the podcast or that guy on the podcast? Now you're looking at episode 184, you know, yeah. to episode 200. Go back and look at the first 40 or 50 guests that are on there when you're really, I mean, the guys are amazing, but what are you doing? You're tapping your closest personal network. You're tapping anybody that would- Hey, hey I was on there. Us. I was yeah, on there. Episode four, of course. <laughs> like that, right? I think I was number four and six. Something, yeah, like you. <laughs> I mean, what people don't also sometimes understand is how many no's it takes to get to the yeses. That's right. That's right. And then, by the way, the people that even you see on today or the people that you're partnered with today are people that you started talking to sometimes 5, 10, 15 plus years ago. They said no 5, 10, 15 years ago. That's right. They see, you know, you tend to see outcomes, but what we really should be paying attention to are the actions along the way that got you to the outcome, you know, that that you're at right now and still just at inception. That's to some, right. this looks like, hey, wow, this might be over. Like, wow, this is this is it. And you go, wait a minute, no, like this is actually just the beginning of the next phase. That's right. Um, if you if you get into uh, entrepreneurship thinking it's going to be either easy or quick, uh, save yourself the trouble because it's going to be neither. So there's that side, which brings up the other issue that comes up all the time, especially for guys in in middle age. I think we have talked guys into entrepreneurship, and we have talked guys out of entrepreneurship. And I think both are the right answer for the right person over overall. I think for a lot of guys, and there, God knows how many days there have been for me as an entrepreneur, probably you too, and every entrepreneur out there, where you go, wouldn't it have fucking been easier to just stay at my firm? You know, my wouldn't it be easy? Like you were a lawyer at first, I was. Wouldn't it be easier to just have a job? 
you know, and have a 401k and have benefits, you know, taken care of and just eat what I kill or get paid every two weeks. You know, wouldn't that be easier? Less stress. Could be. You know, I mean? again, if you again, I think it always depends, but I don't always think there's one right or one wrong. So I think for those guys that, you know, are even sitting around there going, is it too late to get into entrepreneurship or should I do it or not do it? Or I can't stand my job because I'm 40 something years old and I've been doing it long. It ain't always the right answer. The grass isn't always greener and take a really good hard look at what the responsible decision is, you know, based on your real personal situation. And if it's still something you want to go for, all I'm saying is just be really smart about it. Because if you think, you know, your life sucks now while you have a job in a 401k and money coming in and all these other things. Just think about how much more it's going to suck when they turn all those faucets off and those things stop. And you realize now you actually are working for yourself. That's right. Let's talk about human improvement protein powder. This is a new sustainable way to protein and it is my everyday go-to protein powder. It is a new Protein that is easy to digest while delivering better for your body. It builds lean muscle, faster recovery, easier to digest, contains all your essential vitamins, promotes gut health, and all of this from one forgotten superfood. Yup, it is cricket protein powder. It is human improvement. You need to try it out. Go to buyhigh.co forward slash midlife mail. Use promo code midlife mail at checkout and you're going to save. 15%. I recall how miserable you were last couple of years uh, of firm life for you. So um, there's no right answer. Every situation is different. It is. And, you know, here's the other thing. Like misery without a plan is even more miserable. Mm. And when you can shift the perspective on, look, I was unhappy with myself. Firm's going on, it's doing fine, so on and so forth. Quitting immediately was not in the cards making a plan of when I could transition out, change the entire perspective on everything and yeah. how you approach it. So again, where we only say is kind of the middle might be messy, but the middle is also the sweet spot. It doesn't always have to be, I'm quitting tomorrow or I'm starting something new tomorrow. Those tend to be extremes, but what are we really thinking about in terms of how we need to operate? And often that's, you know, we got to maybe make that decision in the middle because there are a lot of other factors here. Awesome. Great conversation. And I'm going to go ahead and segue to your car smelling like weed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So um, I got in my truck the other day. Okay. So I've got, you you know, I mean, for the ones that don't. So Auden's about to be 20 um, on the 7th. Harper's is 16. It'll be 17 on, on September 8th. So I am not naive nor immune to to what teenage boys are doing or not doing in there. Um, But I also don't think that it is my job to make it easier on them, you know, whatever. Um, And and I was pretty pissed the other day when I got into my truck and my truck smelled like weed. And not so (laughs) much that the the weed bar or the fact that he does or does not smoke, more so the fact that it brought up things like, that we have discussed drive, certainly not driving under any particular influence sure. and also respect for people's property. Yeah, that's right. It's your car, man. <laughs> so it was more those two things that 
So explain to me how it could possibly smell like weed when two things, one, you're not supposed to ever be driving mm -hmm. under them. And two, it's my car. <laughs> those, those are the, am I missing something in the talking points? That's what I want to know. No, no. You know, those are the, those are the right questions. And I'm sure he had a brilliant answer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because he's probably still stoned. But anyway, <laughs> in in but like that's just the shit we have to we we have to deal with. That's right, and we have to talk about. I mean, on top of the side of where the my biggest fear of everything is that it is so potent these days. It's not like what we came up with. We never thought about things like fentanyl or over to like these, these no, like the scariest shit for me yeah. is, is that stuff. Mm -hmm. Are these jackpots that you can get into that you can't get out of? Yeah. Um, so that's part of being a midlife guy with a family, kids, um, you know, the stakes are uh, different, definitely higher and different um, than when, when we were growing up and uh, it is scary. So so uh, I fucking hate good it. Luck, good good luck with that situation, buddy. Yeah. So I hate it. I don't, I mean, I don't enjoy having those conversations. Uh, I don't think I'm particularly good at having those conversations. I don't have anyone to fall back on to, you know, to like, again, like I didn't have a father past 18. You know, there's a lot of the guys know that I talk about always. So I'm making this shit up as I go along. And there's, again, this white space in the middle between being a hard ass, you know, or being too lenient or which one of us as parents cater myself or too hard or too lenient on this. There's always another family that it's all okay. And that it's not okay for us. You know, it's just, it's super, super challenging. So I think it's also an opportunity to talk to um, your peers. We talked about peers in business, but uh, peers when it comes to family issues as well. Right. And so you probably, I mean, you and I talk about this stuff all the time, but um, I don't have boys, so I don't, I don't know what that world's like. Uh, I got girls, whole different ball game. Um, but you know, it's an opportunity to open up and and be vulnerable and talk about uh, your family and what they're going through with with those folks. And I know you do that, and I think that others uh, will be well served doing the same. I think I'm trying to get better at it. I yeah. mean, well, you hear like, uh, you know, the V word of vulnerability, you know, and and having these conversations and doing it's all harder than not doing it. I, and That's we right. also work so hard. I think the other days of the week, and that these are again, these are the things that are more. You know, you come home, and then the next job starts. Okay, that's the relationship with your wife, or the things you've got to do with your kids, and so, and all of it adds up, and it becomes exhausting. And then you have to pick your spots of what do you do and what do you not do, and not beat yourself up over over all of it at the same time. Also, but hey, like, how again am I juggling these competing priorities and what's really really important that I need to do or get to do should do, you know, versus I'm just gonna not deal with that. You know, right now, the, the avoidance side of it. And, you know, we, we've all um, only got so much bandwidth and, uh, you know, dealing with the issue that we're talking about here, that takes bandwidth. I mean, we can joke about it, but it, it takes real uh, bandwidth and, you know, it's going to be difficult. Uh, you'd rather be doing something else, but you just got to do it. There are some non-negotiable uh, things that take bandwidth. And then there's things that you probably shouldn't deal with. 
because you know your energy is spent um, better elsewhere. And this would well, be. I started. I started by just going to the car wash. That that helped. <laughs> well, do you have the, one of those air fresheners on the uh, rearview mirror now? I do now. Okay. <laughs> I got a little tree. It's dangling <laughs> off of the. You know, I have that new car smell when I pulled up, and they're like, "I'm like interior, please." You know, and like, what fragrance would you like? Yes, I'd like the new car smell. And oh, you sell those little dangling trees here? Terrific. So yes, uh, I do have all that. And did I check glove compartments and other areas of storage for things? That's that's where I started. <laughs> Too much, man. But that's what that's what I can also discuss in therapy, which I also don't have any fun with right now. Oh man, tell us. Are, are do you, you go, do you go? Like, do you uh, see a therapist? Uh no, no, no. There's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> that's for crazy people like you. <laughs> <laughs> You just read the books that you put yeah, out. That's like, right. I have so much free therapy. We've put out like 200 of these. Okay. <laughs> Whatever might be wrong with you. I've got a book on that. <laughs> so funny. You just read those. I started. So I do go now. Okay. I do go now after pretty much a lifetime of not going, okay. I guess. Um, and? I don't like it right now. I think I'm in the Valley of Despair or whatever they call it. Like, like I'm in the hard part. Oh, okay. Uh, I think the, the first, first few sessions are like feeling you out, simple questions, and then they go deep. They cut deep, right? Is this how this works? Yes. I, I don't, I don't know. I think the guy's trying to figure me out just as much as I'm trying to figure him out. You know, I went from like, the Zoom, we started on Zoom and now he reopened his office. So now like I'm going in person, which makes me really uncomfortable. Right. And I didn't know where to sit like the first time in person. Like, do I sit on the couch? You know, do you I sit up to straight? Put your hands, do you do, do this? I, you put them in your lean, <laughs> Do I lean back? You know, it's like, what did, what did James Gandolfini do in The Sopranos? Does she sit behind me or does he sit in front of me? You know? And it's a guy, it's a male therapist. I wasn't sure about having a male therapist or first I was thinking of a female therapist. Cause that, but then I was like, that's what I do for massages. I only, I don't want, <laughs> and I was like, but for a therapist, an actual therapist, I'd probably rather have a guy. Okay. All right. And, and so how, how far in are you? So I'm like eight sessions in Okay. maybe more, maybe more. I got to check. I got to check the invoices. Maybe, huh. maybe 10 or 12 actually. Okay. In there. Okay. It, it, come on, man. There's some benefits, right? The, oh, there's that. Look, there's definitely some benefits. But if you want to talk about like getting out of your comfort zone yeah. and, and kind of redefining what consistency looks like and a lot of the shit people see me doing, they're like, oh, you're so consistent or you're so disciplined. Or, oh, you're in the cold or you're in the hot. Or, like, fucking break. That stuff is not hard for me. I like that stuff. Like yeah. this is hard for me. I do not want to go and sit there, okay, and, and bring up all these traumas, you know, of my past and all this other stuff. Half the I go in there and I feel great when I'm headed there, and I feel like shit when I leave half the time. So, so is there like a, a destination, or is it just like this uh, merry-go-round that just keeps going and going? Are you trying to get? I some- don't know. Okay. I don't know. And I feel like I asked the question, and like every question is get answered with another question. Well, what do you think? You know, do you think there's a destination? Do you think you're going to graduate from this? You know, do you think you're going to stop having problems? You know, do you think you've ever dealt with your trauma? 
<laughs> fucking no. You know, I really don't. But I'm I'm in it and I feel like um I feel like quitting is not the answer. Right. So but I also want to know where the line is between like like how long do I go if I don't think it's good before I go, maybe I just don't have the right therapist. Also. Maybe this is like my business partner thing. Like maybe I'm the consistent problem. I could try three or four therapists and I won't like any of them. Or like, how do I know if it's the therapist? Like maybe I just don't have the right fit. I don't know. So uh, just promise us when we come back here next time, you'll give us an update. And I want to hear about some breakthroughs. Well, the first one is I actually, I did, I moved to the couch. I actually made the move from the chair to the couch. I made the move from sitting upright in the chair. Okay. To the, to the couch. I actually laid down last week for like the first time. He has like, he actually, well, he has a couch, but he also has this really nice Ames chair. It's like the lounge. I've always wanted one of these. This is like a nice, he does pretty well. This is like a $10,000 chair. Okay. I, I love this chair. I've always wanted one, even one of the fake knockoff ones. So I decided I'm like, I'm going to use that chair. Amazing. Just or that lounger. Asleep. Just don't fall asleep. He's good at that. He, the session. So the sessions are 45 minutes. And he's very good at saying, we're out of time. Okay. <laughs> like a game show or a, you know, like we're out of time. <laughs> and I respect that about him. Because I'm not good at that even with my own clients. We always run over. Awesome. So again, I want to hear about some breakthroughs next time. So I think we covered a lot right now. Uh, I feel like I should send you a copay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. We just- <laughs> you will invoice me like an hour after. If there's on one thing you. I know about Amplify Publishing, <laughs> Amplify Publishing is tremendous at invoicing. I want you to know that as a hey, published hey, Amplify hey, hey, author. Hey, 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 hey. that's uh, unnecessary. Um, I got all- a royalty. Re- I'll back it up. I got a royalty report the other day. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's, it's Which all- is the opposite of an invoice. So <laughs> that's, right. That. that's right. Um, yeah, man, this is, this is a blast. And so what's our schedule? We're going to do this, you know, once every, every month. So let's call this a semi-regular, okay. Okay. A a semi-regular, um, conversation, unguarded conversation with, with the two of us. Now may I, I'd like to believe we could do this monthly. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. So, and 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 I think that for right now is what consistency could look like, and we'll see. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, I could have you back next week oh. if the guest cancels, and, and <laughs> <laughs> if my regular midlife male podcast super high profile guest cancels. Okay, I could have you back. You never know. Okay, we're so this one together. Okay, so great. But if the if the feedback is from the listeners, um, get this guy off. Uh, I'll accept that. So, um, you know, I'm leaving it up to you and it's just, it's just so much fun. Um, we do this anyway, so we might as well do it, uh, on a podcast. Let's do it live. Like Bill O'Reilly said, fuck it. I'll do it live. Yes. Right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feedback. You think I've accepted any feedback over the, over the last 200 episodes? <laughs> the only reason I still do this is because I haven't read the feedback. I think if I read it, it might, uh, might force us to quit, right? That's right. That's right. Well, uh, I'm what's our boy? Um, okay, I'm cutting you off, sir. But what's our boy, Joe Hirsch? We don't, we don't feed forward, right? Are we going to go feed forward right now? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. 
Um, so, you know, you know, let's see what they say. Let's see what the viewers say, listeners say. Are we, this is video, right? I always ask you. We're gonna use we're gonna use some video, but it's gonna drop uh, on the audio podcast as well. I'm gonna look at the video. I'm gonna see how we look, and I, then I'm gonna decide this thing, this thing. whether that's whether that's arable. Okay. <laughs> Whether whether or not I'm too shiny, you know, whether or not you know you were too zippered up, I will look at <laughs> we'll look at the we'll look at the single camera video shots and determine whether this is salvageable. But the audio, the audio is spot on. Awesome, awesome, great man, great hanging. What's out. on tap for the rest of the weekend? Um, let's see. I'm gonna go home, do a little grilling. Uh, I got some work to get done. Uh, pretty low key. How about you? We have no plans for Saturday night, which makes me extremely happy right now. Um, I have a 9 a.m. workout tomorrow. We've been open in the garage at my place, 9 a.m., inviting a few people over. I see that. You got like the homeless people in your garage working out. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like come one, come all. You know, like, <laughs> I just have one rule. My my only rule was I'll send out a text message to certain people and be like, Hey, doors open at nine o'clock. We're working out. I don't care what level you're at. You know, all my friends are welcome. So my only rule is just don't text me or certainly text the group. I'm running behind or I'm not going to make it. Or there's a train, you know, I'm stuck behind the train or whatever. You're either there or you're not. That's it. Keep it simple. Awesome. So, so based on following you on social, what I predict is in your future is there's an intense workout, there's an ice bath, and then there's a sauna, and then some boxing and playing with the dogs. All of this without a shirt on. Yes. Oh, shirtless, of course. <laughs> yes. And posted in chronological order so everyone can get a really good feel for what my fake day looks like. Okay. All right. Did, did I did I hit the highlights? I think you pretty much nailed it right there. And so, and a newsletter comes out Sunday morning, like like always. So I gotta finish proofing that because and, people and don't filming the kids, filming the kids, and then them just looking annoyed as hell that dad is filming us again. They love that, right? You know, they'll they'll learn to miss it when it's gone. <laughs> right? That's the way it goes. Well, we have a 15 hour or so drive from Houston to Boulder coming up on the 15th of August, Auden and I together. So I, I bought a mount for the dashboard so that the, the camera phone and camera can be up there so we can capture some of these father-son moments. He's trapped. Amazing. He's trapped, especially if I make him drive some of the hours. So we can go narrow, we can go narrow, deep and unguarded in that while we're together. They can't leave. That's the best part of the, the car conversations. They can't leave. Well, you keep bringing up really good stuff. One, they can't leave the car conversation, so I can't leave this conversation now. And the other part of that is, I think I told you he's working at Torchy's Tacos. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> so, like, so you know how hard it is to like get a twenty-year-old to have lunch or dinner with you, or give you like any time, like overall. Yeah. Maybe. yeah. So. Oh, he's trapped there. Like I know when he goes to work, like I go in and I'm like, now you have to have lunch or dinner with me because he's behind. I sit at the bar. I order my tacos and he has to serve me <laughs> and be nice to me. So I think it's a win-win he's earning money. He's back. He's back there. And then I get to go in, you know, and look at my pride and joy and, and have lunch with him or dinner and ask him questions. And he can't leave. I'll tell you what, that's magic right there. Magic. Love you it. take the moments where you can. Yep. Yes. All right, my friend. Until next month, 
we have now wrapped the first episode of Unguarded with Naren and Greg. Unguarded, baby. So if you like what you have heard on the podcast, drop me an email, greg at midlifemail.com. Let me know your feedback. I will forward it along to Naren, good, bad, or indifferent. I only want to see the good ones. We may even read it on the show. (laughs) Next one would be great. If anything comes in, we may even read it. If you have questions, topics, things you want us to cover and go unguarded on, send them in. We will answer that. We will address that. Maybe not. Who knows? We might make up our own questions. (laughs) Right. From Bob in Denver. Okay, here's the question, which is really Darren in Virginia. (laughs) The question he wanted to answer. We may do any or all of this, but that's where it is. If you like what you've heard, again, drop us that five-star rating. Leave us a positive review. These things really matter. Subscribe to the Midlife Mail newsletter at midlifemail.com. And we will be back next month with Unguarded. I will be back every single week with a new episode of the podcast and the newsletter. So until then, we are out of here. All right, man. See you. See ya. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the work with me page to explore options.